0: Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul fast again this beautiful morning. Lord, I am glad to come into your presence once again to magnify the one who is faithful. Scripture says you are beautiful. Lord, you are beautiful beyond descriptions. You are too marvelous for words. You are wonderful beyond comprehension. So we worship you with our words this beautiful morning. We declare that you are Alpha and Omega. We declare this morning that you are the one who is from everlasting to everlasting we declare that you are the hope of the nations you are the hope of the nations you are the master of the universe we give you all the praise precious lord we ask lord that as we come into your presence once again to fellowship in your word Grant us understanding, help us to learn this morning, and let your name be glorified in our lives once more. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hey Ben, all right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Murphy. So we continue our study together. We are trying to complete the new testament before the end of the year so big thank you this morning to everyone joining me this morning god bless you god continue to grant you insight in his word give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you will know god better and better in jesus name all right let's dive straight back in we completed the book of hebrews so we start the book of James today and uh, we should complete this in just two days. Okay, quick introduction. James is maybe the only book in the New Testament that should not be in the New Testament because it's structured more like a majority of the books you have in the in the Old Testament and um, the advice as it is given is not... Hey Lord, after the message of the New Testament, the message of grace, Jesus haven't come, okay, and died for our sins, okay. So um, that's what, the, and of course it is addressed, you know, to to the, to Jewish people, okay. So in a sense, no. But we have it in our Bibles so all the same, and we should we should study it. James has for us some good good quality advice quality advice that will help anyone lead a holy life so let's read this morning two days so we will read James chapter 1 and 2 maybe a bit of 3 today and then we complete tomorrow 3 4 5 it says this letter is from James a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ okay so the writer introduces himself as james does not see which particular james it is um most likely it could not have been james the son the son of zebedee okay he died a bit early um before any of the books were of the bibles were written okay the first person to write majority of what we have today as our bible was paul Paul's a to Epist- epistles Epist- by the time james died okay he could not have written anything at that point okay so that means this would have to either be james the brother of jesus or some other james maybe a popular james a bishop somewhere we can tell okay but from the way this person writes and with the authority with which he writes most scholars agree and believe that this is james the brother of jesus the one who becomes like a pillar in the church with peter It says this letter is from james a slave of g of god and of the lord jesus christ i am writing to the 12 tribes the 12 tribes jewish believers scattered abroad greetings okay i am writing to the 12 tribes In other words, this letter would have been targeted towards Jewish Christians, majorly Jewish Christians, and maybe to some Jews, okay, that they were looking to convince. I'm writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad, greetings. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy <laughs> i love the way the book of james starts Eh? <laughs> it says when troubles of any kind as in whatever whatever kind of troubles whether they are good trouble or bad trouble whether you are tr- you are troubled because of your own fault or it's not your own fault whatever kind of trouble you face when trouble of any kind comes your way consider it an opportunity for great joy you know the holy spirit has to have worked on you for you to be going through trouble and you are still joyful right Uh so this joy is not happenstance it's not based on the situation around you no this joy is a gift of the holy spirit this is the fruit of the, the fruit of the holy spirit so count it all joy okay that's how another version puts it this is when troubles of any kind comes your way consider it a, an opportunity for great joy in other words you're getting an opportunity to express yourself to show the grace of god to show how much you are resilient holding on to your faith says for you know that when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow i know a lot of people want to grow in endurance (laughs) they want to grow in their resolve okay how do we test your resolve really sincerely how do we test your resolve or how do we know your resolve if you are not tested (laughs) this is where (laughs) sometimes I just imagine some Christians, eh, because you have not tasted freedom. <laughs> if you have tasted some freedom and liberty, you have t- tasted uh, the, the, the pompous and um, braggadocious <laughs> infusion that money g- can give you. <laughs> if you have tasted some of it and you can still keep your head, <laughs> we know that the fruit of the spirit has grown in you outside that <laughs> you can't be too sure <laughs> you can't be too sure so it says for you know when troubles and things like this are happening around you you know for some people it's an opportunity to give up right <laughs> it's an opportunity to begin to to cause god for some people it's an opportunity to begin to run away from church that's when we begin to look for you everywhere ah brother brother ah bros we didn't see you in church you see and I was busy with work. When you were looking for the work, you were not busy for God, but now you are busy. James says, You know, you know, eh, that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Let it grow. Some people don't want their endurance to grow, they don't want to grow in the spirit. Why? Because they keep repeating the same test. They keep going back and forth, back and forth. They are not learning anything. <laughs> and if there's something I've learned with God with this, uh, it's as if there's is, a is test that is set before each one of us, and that until you pass that test, you don't move to the next level. That's just my feeling. That's what I have experienced personally, experienced with God. And so James says let it grow so let it grow he says for when your endurance is fully developed you will be perfect and complete needing nothing this type of perfection comes through growth it's talking about holiness okay it comes through the things you you have suffered that things you have learned. So let it grow. Let it grow. Verse 5. So if you need wisdom, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Why will God rebuke you for asking? <laughs> he will not rebuke you for asking but when you ask him be sure that your faith is in god alone do not waver, for a person which divided loyalty is as unsettled as the wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind okay let's let's unpack that verse 6. Is this says, when you ask god for something eh? be sure that your faith is in god alone You know that when some people are asking, their faith is not in God. (laughs) Their faith is in the person that they expect to give them. (laughs) James says, when you are doing that, (laughs) don't expect to receive anything from God. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind for some people as they are trusting God for something. Their, their thought and focus is is unsettled. It is focused on God. It is focused on the person, on the person they think we give them, the person that they have gone to ask. I'm not saying that God will not use people to bless you, but your focus must still be on God. He says such people should not, not expect to receive anything from the Lord. You see that? They should not expect they will receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Divided loyalty will not get you anywhere. So. I am encouraging someone this morning, just bury yourself. Put your faith totally in God. If He can't do it for you, who else will be able to do it for you? Surely, no one. Verse 9 says, believers who are poor have something to boast about for God has honored, for God has honored them. Okay, some of these scriptures are what they <laughs> they mistranslated and decided that poverty was the same thing as being pious and holy (laughs) believers who are poor have something to boast about for god has honored them and those who are rich and those who are rich should boast that god has humbled them they will fade away like they will fade away like 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 a little flower in the field the hot sun rises and the grass weeder, the little flower drops, droops and, fo- and, f- and falls, and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all their achievements, okay? So here, James is not talking about just because someone has money, uh, being rich. <laughs> Let me tell you the truth. Just the same way the rich fades away, the poor too fades away. Just the same way the rich commit sin, poor people too commit sin. <laughs> James is referring to those who love money. He's going to call, He's going to put it out plainly eventually. Those who have put money before God, who love their money more than God. He's, he's talking about them. He says they, they are rich. The rich people, those kind of people, they will the away with all their achievements. Verse 12, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Those who patiently endure testing. Those who overcome temptation. The Bible says, Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. I pray for you. You will receive your crown of life in Jesus' name. Yes, and remember when you are being tempted you know there's a difference if you look at verse 12 there's this tempt and testing and tempt temptation testing is usually from god okay god tests and usually when you are refining metal okay when you are maybe for example you are making a sword you continue to test you're eating the metal Continue until it becomes strong, so such that the sword is even able to cut other metals. <laughs> okay, that's testing. It's different from temptation. Temptation is the goal to make it break. Temptation comes to make you fall, not testing. Okay, if God, when God tested Abraham, <laughs> is this so that Abraham would fall? No, God said, "Give me your, give me your son." <laughs> it wasn't so that Abraham would fall. It was to Strengthen abraham's faith to 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 resolve a, a abraham's conviction okay whether it was in god or in isaac okay and of course it became clear now that's different from temptation what the devil puts jesus through that's a temptation that's not testing okay it's a test but it's still a temptation I don't know that you understand the difference. (laughs) It's a test, but this test is driving you away from God. When it's like that, then that is temptation. It's usually from the the devil. Okay, so very, very important that we distinguish. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. 13. And remember when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God does not tempt. God tests. He does not tempt. Don't say, God is tempting me. Hmm? Very important. Uh, God God never tempts. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. God does not tempt us. Uh Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drags us away. That's where temptation comes from, and drags us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Hmm? When sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift. It's a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in in the heavens. It never changes or casts a shifting shadow. God will not, I promise you, God will not tempt you with sin. He will not. He will not make you fall into temptation. Okay? Yes. The devil could be tempting you, and God is using it to test you at the same time. <laughs> Remember what the Bible says that there is no temptation that has befallen you, but that is that is common to man He said, but God is faithful what he will through the temptation he will use the temptation okay bring out something different in you God never changes he never casts a shifting shadow in other words you can't find evil in God he chooses he choose he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word and we out of all creation became his prized possessions 16 says understand this my dear brothers and sisters you must all you must all be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to get angry remember i said james is just giving us advice advice that if we listen to i'm telling you we will have less trouble in our world look at this one it says be quick you must be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to get angry even if most couples just listen to this one alone the fights in our home will stop if you would us decide to listen more and put pen on your mouth <laughs> you see how much of the fight will stop is it human anger does not produce the righteousness god desires even that one laminate it and put it on your door <laughs> Oh, you see how much it will help you. Human, human anger does not produce the, the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and only accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your soul. You see that? The word of God has the power to save your soul. See, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what It says. Don't just listen to the word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. And I pray this morning, there are no fools listening to me, okay? Don't just listen. Do what it says. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. And of course, I remember myself, okay? The Bible says when you don't do the word, you are like somebody looking at themselves in the mirror and can't remember what they look like surely that that's not right right (laughs) you see yourself walk away and forget what you look like but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free free and if you do what it says and don't forget what you had then god will bless you god will bless you for doing it and i pray this morning for somebody you will be blessed in jesus name amen if you claim to be, to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself. I, I wish we could just laminate some of this advice and put it somewhere. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, so the way we know you are religious is by your tongue. <laughs> yes. That's what the Bible says. I didn't say it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Eh? That is what it truly means, genuine religion. Not allowing the world to corrupt you and then we see it in your actions. Alright, let's move on to let's move on to chapter 2. My dear brothers and sisters. James chapter 2 from verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? How? You know, some Christians, you look at their actions. It does not measure, it does not mirror their religion. It does not mirror their faith. How can you claim to have faith in Jesus? How can you claim to love Jesus? That's what the Bible says. <laughs> and you are treating your brothers and sisters unfairly. No. It says if you favor some people over others. For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting and uh, some, into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and de- dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and, and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can you can <laughs> you can stand over here or else sit on the floor. Well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgment, your judgment are guided by evil motives? Yes. It's guided by evil motives, ulterior motives. Say, so listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who the rich who oppress who oppress you and drag you into, into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Verse 8, yes indeed it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the royal law. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. Eh? Just by favoring one some people over another, you know, just showing preference, unnecessary preference, and then discriminating others, you are committing sin. Ten it says for the people who keeps all, for the person who keeps all the all of the laws except one is guilty as a person who has broken all of the all of God's law. For the same God who say who said you must not commit adultery, also said you must not you must not murder. Okay, so if you murder someone but do not commit adultery you have still broken the law that's the simple common sense so whatever you say or whatever you do remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free there will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others but if you have been merciful god will be merciful when he judges you all right Verse 14 says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Obviously not. Your faith has to show through your actions. See, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no, no food or clothing and, and you say goodbye and have a good, a good day. Stay warm and eat well, <laughs> but but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Nothing. See, so you see, faith by itself isn't isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless unless faith produces action. Now, someone may argue: some people have faith. Others have good deeds, but I say, How can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in, in terror. How foolish! Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? I wish I had time this morning. Can't you see that faith without, without good deeds is useless? Verse 25, don't, 21, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his action when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions, his actions work together. His action made his faith complete. In other words, your faith can be complete if it does not, if it's not demonstrated through actions, right? <laughs> And so it happened just as the scripture says, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called a friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Hmm? <laughs> by our actions, not by faith alone. Rehab, the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by our actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different way, by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works, okay? So you can, whatever dimension of faith you are talking about this morning, whether it is faith as in your religion, whether it's faith as in walking with God, okay? whatever faith it is it is dead without good works okay without it being productive changing your actions um for some someone it might just be that okay you just you go to church you you say you're a christian you say you you're a muslim you do everything but when we look at your actions, it does not mirror the faith the one you are calling on For Christians, Jesus says, This is how others will know that you are my disciples when you love one another. You are the Christian, you are so full of hate, you are so full of bitterness in marriage, you are so full of hate, and bitterness should not be. Okay, you're not showing yourself a child of God. So, my charge this morning: do the word, let your faith show. By your actions. Yes. Let your faith be expressed. Let it come. Let it it be clear. Let people see you. You don't need to say you are a Christian. Let people see you and say, Ah! This person is a Christian. Not because you said you are a Christian, but by your actions. And I pray this morning that God will help us. Lord, we pray this morning, help us. Will you pray for yourself this morning? Lord, help me to be a doer of your word. Help me to practice your word. Help me so that when people see me, they will know that I love you by the way I love others. Lord, help us this morning. Father, we say thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray amen all right thank you so much for listening today god bless you enjoy your day